Spend less than you earn, save the difference, and invest it wisely. Bam, that's everything you need to know. But now you've got to understand, well, how do you spend less? How do you earn more? How do you invest it wisely? Welcome to Escape the Rat Race Radio. I'm your host, Christian Rodwell, and this is your ticket to escape the nine to five. Investments themselves are not inherently wise. They aren't inherently good or bad. It has to do with your plan, how you incorporate that strategy. Because see, the thing I teach is investing done right is a process. It's not a product. And what everybody thinks is investing is a product. They, they want to get Microsoft or Google in its infancy, right? And that's not how it works. Hey, welcome to another episode of Escape the Rat Race Radio. My name is Christian Rodwell, and this week my guest is Todd Tresida, aka The Financial Mentor. Now, Todd's financial writing has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Smart Money Magazine, Investors Business Daily, Yahoo Finance, and many, many more. He is a former hedge fund manager who retired at age 35 to become a money coach and financial blogger at his website, www.financialmentor.com. And he also holds the claim to fame for being one of the early pioneers of computerized investment research. Now, more than 55,000 people have used Todd's wealth building tools, which are available for free on his website to help them jumpstart their financial freedom. Now, in today's episode, you'll hear why anybody can achieve financial independence and the mathematical equation that backs that up. You'll also hear Todd speak about the three main asset classes for building wealth, which are property, paper assets, and business slash entrepreneurship, along with the essential questions that you need to answer if you're going to create a personal wealth plan that just works. Okay, let's do this. Let's head on over to my conversation with Todd Tresida. Hey, so welcome to Escape the Rat Race Radio, Todd. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's so good to speak to you, Todd. And where in the world are you right now? Reno, Nevada. Nice, nice. I know you love the great outdoors, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Total fan of the great outdoors. That's that's what I do with my free time. So, Todd, we are on Escape the Rat Race Radio today. Many of our listeners, they are kind of juggling a full-time job with trying to build their business, trying to build their wealth and time is of the essence. Everyone is short of time. We know that we hear that a lot. And would you mind sharing, Todd, was there ever a time when you were in the rat race yourself, would you say? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, to some extent, I mean, I remain in the rat race to this day to the extent that, you know, there's all these opportunities, all these really amazing things that I want to do and get involved in. And so it's not like I'm just sitting around laying on a hammock eating bonbons, you know, I mean, there's a lot to do in life. And so I think the rat race is you're terming it though, is where you're stuck inside a job and you're like the, you know, the hamster on the wheel, just spinning, spinning the wheel. And so, um, yeah, I was in that. I came out of college. I was not born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Um, and so I had to work like everybody else. And, but I just had this kind of crazy thought. I said, well, supposing I just engineered my life to result in financial freedom, like what would that look like? And so I just decided, you know, so I started studying people who built wealth and just trying to figure it all out. Like, how would you design your life to result in financial independence? And so uh, it worked. I was financially independent 12 years later. Yeah. So a man with a plan. And is it possible to build wealth without a plan? Well, I don't think so. I mean, you know, you're, you're basically giving me a layup to pitch my course, which is expectancy wealth planning. And the reason it's the first course I ever created 
was because what it I couldn't literally couldn't start coaching a client. So it came out it was an outgrowth of my coaching, right? Because I didn't start with courses. I didn't I coached people one on one for 20 years. And in the process of coaching people, what I realized is you literally can't coach a person to financial independence unless you have a plan. The reason for that is the plan sits the backdrop. It's the context from which all decisions you make are made. And if you don't have a plan, then your decisions are haphazard. They're not cohesive. And so what ends up happening is you end up approaching financial independence without a plan. You end up approaching it not strategically, not efficiently. There's a tremendous amount of waste of resources, both time and money. Um, and so the plan is critical. You have to start with a plan. Um, so yeah, I agree with you fully on that. That's it's funny you brought that up. Yeah, and simply just too many distractions in the world right now, aren't there? Not to have that plan and keep you focused. Well, that's the thing. See, what happens is people would contact me and they'd say, "Hey, Todd, should I invest in X, Y, Z? Or is it more important I start a business than do this investment? Should I quit my job and do this instead?" And there was all these questions, and I was always like, "Well, what's your plan?" You know, because your plan determines how you're going to approach this because your plan is where you integrate. Here's the thing about proper wealth planning when you do it right. You have to take, there's three asset classes that you build wealth with, right? You've got real estate, paper assets that your broker and financial advisor could sell you. And then you've got um, a business asset class. So only one of them is normally included in a financial plan, right? The traditional financial plan. But a wealth plan done right includes all three asset classes, now, here's the rub. Each of these three asset classes has unique characteristics. And so they're not all the same and they don't all work for the same people. And that's why, you know, you see all these gurus out there and they're all making the same mistake. They'll say, oh, you got to do real estate my way, you know, and you got you to do a business. That's how you get rich. Or you do the stock market and you do it this way. And that's how you, everybody's got their little secret to riches, right? What they're not telling you is that each one of these strategies has its own characteristics, and so you've got to be able to match the characteristics of the strategies that you employ and the asset classes you use to your specific characteristics in your life, your time frame, your goals, your resources, what your interests are, what your skills are. All these things will shape what asset classes and strategies will work for you. That's how you put together wealth plan correctly. And that's why you can't answer all those questions without it. Because that wealth planning process takes you through values clarification. It takes you through all these different issues you have to go through to integrate it into a wealth plan that will actually work for you. Does that make sense? I, I, I love that. It's it's so on the money there because I often say myself, you know, it's not that the strategies don't work. It's just that it, you're not the right fit for that strategy. And you can easily yeah. go to a weekend seminar and someone on stage is going to sell you the next best thing. And it sounds easy and you just dive in. But if it's not right for you, if it doesn't fit your personality and all those other things you just mentioned, then, you know, you're almost on a losing streak from the beginning, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I've got I've got clients that are whole hog on real estate, and I've got other clients that can't stand real estate and wouldn't touch it, right? Or like me, I did it with advanced paper asset strategies, and that works really good for like an engineering mind. I've got kind of an engineering mentality, even though I'm not formally an engineer. And so, advanced paper asset strategies can be very effective for that type of mentality. Other people, brilliant entrepreneurs. I've got clients that are just brilliant entrepreneurs, and they made millions in just a few years off their entrepreneur work. And so it's just, you know, you've got to figure out like what's going to work for you. And then you integrate and develop a plan around that. And you've got to understand that there's not only three asset classes, but there's all these strategies within each asset class that you can employ. And then here's one more thing you have to understand is market opportunity varies over time. And so you, that's another dimension of the puzzle is you have to match it with market opportunity at the time. So, you know, it's like, 
there's dimensions to this. That's why, you know, people that come up and they oversimplify it, it's not complicated, really. I mean, I just explained it in two minutes, right? Yeah. It's not overly complicated, but then there's the implementation. How do you do that, Todd? How do you bring these things down and integrate them into a plan that will actually work for me? You know, that's that's the key issue. Well, I mean, if you take it back to like one of the oldest books, like Richest Man in Babylon, you know, spend less than you earn and invest the rest. It's kind of like the basic rules, right? Well, yeah, but here's the funny thing. That's everything you need to do about finance in one sentence, right? Two sentences, whatever it is, one or two sentences. And, and it's true. Everything you need to know about finance to build wealth can be contained in about two sentences. The question is, how do you do that, right? So it's spend less than you earn, save the difference and invest it wisely. Bam, that's everything you need to know. But now you've got to understand, well, how do you spend less? How do you earn more? How do you invest it wisely? You know, how do you do these things? That's the key. And then which ones are going to work for you? What's a wise investment for one person won't be another. Because investments themselves are not inherently wise. They aren't inherently good or bad. It has to do with your plan, how you incorporate that strategy. Because see, the thing I teach is investing done right is a process. It's not a product. Yeah. And what everybody thinks is investing is a product. They, they're looking for that good investment. They want to get Microsoft or Google in its infancy, right? And that's not how it works. I mean, very rare cases will that work. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a few outliers where they actually got wealthy that way. Most, most people, they don't do it that way. Wow. Ooh, we've already opened so many, uh, <laughs> so many questions that I could head with here. But let me see. I want to ask you, Todd, you know, what's the difference between building wealth and investing because i think there's inherent difference in your mind right huge difference yeah so investing is just you know so first of all everything built goes back to your expectancy equation and your future value equation right so in other words the math that governs wealth building is governed by two equations the expectancy equation and the future value equation so expectancy is probability times payoff in its simplest form and that determines your wealth growth rate And then future value equation is expectancy times time, right? So it's how it grows over time. And so, I mean, I'm oversimplifying it, but that's that's intuitively how you understand it. All you really need is an intuitive understanding. You don't have to have formal mathematics. You just have to intuitively get this and be able to apply those rules intuitively. And so when you go into it, what you understand is that wealth is actually the compound growth of both your personal resources and your financial resources, And so when people hang up on just an investment strategy, what they're thinking is they're getting stuck in a box of thinking. They're thinking, oh, it's just about my W-2 income or my wage income, how much I save from that income, and then I just need a better investment strategy because I need a higher rate of return. But they're not realizing, well, wait a minute, paper asset investing, which is what most people think of when they think of an investment strategy, right? Like stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, that kind of thing, when Paper asset investing is the most limited investment class. So there's strict mathematical limits to the growth of a paper asset portfolio. And I go into that in the course. It's probably beyond the scope of this uh, interview. But just trust me on it. And intuitively, you know it. You don't even have to trust me. Because if you look at the greatest investors of all time, none of them exceed 20% compounded. Right? And yet you can find tons of real estate investors and tons of entrepreneurs where their their return on investment greatly exceeds 20% compounded. Like that would be not even that great in the entrepreneurial class, an entrepreneurial investment class. And so what happens is the paper asset class is extremely limited, but everybody thinks, oh, I just need a better investment strategy for my portfolio. And that that's going to solve my investment problems. No, it's not. That's just one little tiny aspect of the whole thing. So it's not that it's wrong 
It's just not the whole truth. And what happens is when you start looking at it that way, it limits your understanding of the different things you can do to improve your total return, to improve your wealth, to increase your security, um, diversification value. There's so many things that you can dig into once you expand your understanding of it. Mm. So Todd, if I may, just try and strip this down and, and keep it a real basic term. For someone listening right now, and you know they have, they just haven't dived into this world, but they, you know, they are committed. They are committed to investing the time, the next ten years. And I know that obviously you've written books around retiring within ten years, and they say, okay, I'm prepared to commit to whatever it takes over the next ten years to do this. Where do you start with someone if you're coaching a client at the beginning? What are some of the early questions that you would ask them? Well, as I said before, I would go straight into designing their wealth plan. Right. So that would be the starting point. So first of all, I'd find out, I'd, I'd assess their situation today because their situation today and their goal in their time frame implies what's possible and what isn't. Right. So for example, if I have a anesthesiologist who makes $500,000 a year and only has accumulated two or $300,000 in savings, I've got one very, I've got a, a clarity in what the situation is, right? He doesn't need any help with earnings capacity. There's no way he's going to have higher earnings capacity than in his current career, right? So there's no need to bring in entrepreneurship. Instead, what he needs to do is figure out how to channel more of his income earned into his asset category and how to compound the asset category more effectively. And so just those couple numbers of how much he makes how long he's been at the career and what his savings are will pretty much determine his plan. And I can go straight into that with him, right? Or you take somebody like, let's say you got a school teacher and they're making 40 or 50,000 a year and they have summers off and they're really good with hand tools and love working on stuff. Well, they're never going to really build wealth on a teacher's salary, right? Because they're already at kind of a minimalist living standard off the teacher's salary. And so it's, it's pretty hard to save your way to wealth or to accelerate your wealth plan. So they're going to have to look at both real estate and the entrepreneurship class in order to do something. They have to break out the math of compound returns that are limited in the paper asset category. So if you notice what I'm doing in each of these examples is I'm stepping right into what I open the conversation with, which is matching the characteristics of the person's life, their goals, their skills, their resources, and I'm matching them up to the strategies that are viable given their goals. Does that make sense? Yeah, it certainly does. Yeah. And um, again, keeping on that topic of, of kind of knowing yourself, um, we use a tool called Wealth Dynamics. It's, it's one of the many psychometric tools out there, but it's really great and points people in the direction of, of their natural path towards wealth. Do you have any tips for people who really just don't know where to begin and, you know, need that little bit of direction, almost like pointing the compass for them. For me, what it is, is a narrowing process. Okay. You know, you take the, you take the whole sphere of what's possible, which is almost unmanageable. It's so large, right? And that's why they can be confused and everything. There's just so many possibilities, so many angles you can go, but there's only a few that's going to work for any one person or is going to make good business sense for any one person in their situation. So you just start narrowing down until you can get to something and then they design a plan around it. And if it gets them excited and it moves them into action, then great, you're on track. Yeah. If they find it stifling, if they're not, if they're running into trouble, then you know you're off track and you have to re revisit the plan because it should be very motivating and exciting. Yeah, right. I guess, that, you know, rewording my question there for you, Todd, if someone's working with you, they have the added benefit of being able to, to leverage your knowledge. Um, if they're kind of approaching this by themselves and they're overwhelmed by the number of choices, you know, the process for kind of just, just saying no, that's definitely not for me. 
Well, I mean, there's three asset classes, right? So you can just start looking at them and eliminating them. If you have no entrepreneurial experience and no entrepreneurial desires, you can throw it out the door, right? If you don't have, if you don't want to save your way to wealth over a lifetime of earning and compounding, then paper assets may not be a viable strategy unless you have a very high income or you're a very good saver if you're really into frugality, right? Then paper assets can be workable. So you could eliminate that unless, you know, you're frugal or you have extremely high earnings and you don't feel a desire to live a lavish lifestyle, right? Because in order for paper assets to work in a reasonable frame of time, you have to save a, a very high percentage of your income. So it either means you have a very high income, like I did when I ran the hedge fund, or you've spent very little. So that's the paper asset category if you want to do it in 10 years, like you were saying. If you... Now, otherwise, you have to go to real estate and business. And so some people get, are very open to business and business entrepreneurship. Some people aren't. So you can close that one. The, the single highest probability success category is real estate. And that's because it's intuitive. Um, you know, the average person who lives in a house can look at a neighborhood and know if it's good or bad. They can look at construction without great construction background and know if there's deferred maintenance or not. Um, they know what makes a good home, a good floor plan. So it's very intuitive, whereas paper assets are very counterintuitive. They work almost opposite what your intuition does. So again, you know, you kind of have to look at what you can bring to the equation and then start eliminating based on what your predispositions are. Is, is that helpful? Does that narrow it down some? It does. It does indeed. And it brings me on to this, this word leverage. So I'd like to understand from you, Todd, you know, what is what is leverage in 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 your definition, and and what are the different types of leverage? What are different things that can be leveraged to help you build wealth? Yeah, so you're referencing my book, Leverage Equation, which was an out, outgrowth of it's literally two lessons in my course that each contain I don't know, there's like ten videos or something like that, eleven videos in there um, around leverage, and so what I I got to back up a second to explain this. Okay. In conventional financial planning, you have paper assets and paper assets. They have very limited risk management capabilities. You mainly have diversification with conventional assets, uh, conventional financial planning, but there's some more things you can do with advanced, uh, paper asset strategies, but very limited risk management. Um, and then you've got, uh, almost no leverage opportunities. You could only apply financial leverage, which is very dangerous. It's the only type of leverage that cuts both ways and is dangerous. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't encourage anybody to use financial leverage in traditional asset allocation. Um, so basically there's no leverage opportunities for practical purposes. So then what happens is you go into what I call the advanced planning framework. And that's where you bring in the other two asset classes, which is real estate and paper and, and on, or business entrepreneurship. Now, the unique characteristics of that is when you bring in these other two asset classes, there's all kinds of creativity you can do to apply them. And that includes leverage. And so what that does is that changes the expectancy formula. So the whole idea in the advanced planning framework is that, again, your wealth growth is determined by your expectancy formula, right? So it's probability times payoff. Well, real estate has the single highest probability of a positive payoff. Business entrepreneurship has a low probability, as everybody knows, there's a high failure rate in business, but you can manage it in a way that the payoff equation is extraordinarily favorable. And that's through like lean startup principles and other ideas you're probably familiar with. And so if you approach it from an expectancy framework and you understand how to do it, you can manage in the advanced planning framework, extraordinary high probabilities and high payoffs, which results in rapid wealth growth. And so... When I teach leverage, what I'm doing is I'm teaching 
the positive payoff side of the equation. So it's how you multiply um, the, what you can do in those two asset classes. So you're going beyond just the limits of your personal resources of time and money, right? So you, you apply other people's money, you apply other people's time through employment, um, you apply other people's networks, you apply advanced marketing principles. So you're leveraging other people's um, sphere of influence and on and on and on. So there's five, no, six total types of leverage that are covered in the teaching. And it's all about how you build wealth by using resources other than your own. And so that's the principle behind leverage is going beyond your own resources. Todd, I know you have two children and I've, I've listened to some of your other podcasts where you've, you've talked about passing on some of the principles and the information and sometimes they want to listen, maybe sometimes they don't, right? But for many of our listeners now, of course, they will have children and, and bringing this knowledge through at an early age is, is, of course, really important. We hear so many people talk about why is this not taught at school? What, what's your opinion on this? Why it's not taught in school? Mm-hmm. Uh, school's not designed to make people rich. School's not designed to serve that function. I mean, school's designed to create a uh, functional, educated class of kids. I, I I don't know the reason why it's not taught. You know, I mean, I have my thoughts on it, but I don't think they're all that relevant or important. I think the more important thing is how do you pass on um, this education to your kids? And the only thing I've ever seen that works is to walk the talk. Um, your kids learn from what you do. And they will, they learn far more from what you do than what you say. And they will pick up on any contradiction between what you say and what you do very quickly. As an example, my use of the phone, I may not like what they do with the phone, but then I send, I tend to overuse it myself. And so they will call me out on it regularly. Um, but in terms of walking the talk with finances, I guess I've done pretty decent with it because the kids do it. Um, and so I've seen them like in how they purchase clothes, how they build their wardrobe, how they shop for an airline ticket, how they do things. They're pretty savvy about it. And even like now, um, we had four drivers in the household with two cars over the summer because my daughter came back from college and my other daughter's a teenager and we managed with two cars and nobody was complaining. You know, it's like, we just worked it out. Um, and with four drivers in the household, that's kind of crazy, but then everybody managed and occasionally we used Uber and I rode my bike a bunch. I walked some places, um, you know, friends would pick us up. We just made it work because I, I didn't want to pick up cars for the summer. It's just a waste, wasteful thing to do. And they understood that. So I don't know. Is that, is that answering it? You walk the talk, you just, you go through decisions with them in real time and you work through them and they build a pattern of how they think about money and how they value it. Mm. Yeah. And I guess it's just simplifying the principles which you've shared already today and, um, you know, embedding them to some degree without preaching to your children about you. This is what you have to do. Well, some of it's not even applicable yet because they're not even in the wealth building part yet. I mean, one's a sophomore in college and the other is a junior in high school as we record this. Um, it's not part of their framework, so I don't shove it down their throat. Um, the, the only part of the, that's part of their mental framework right now is spending money and how you get good value for spending money and how you equate the amount you spend with what it costs you to earn it and create it. So like all that really basic personal finance stuff is where their head is at now. It's rather interesting. My daughter is a video production major in college. And so she was actually producing the, um, video testimonials for my course over the summer which was really interesting, right? Because leverage, right? <laughs> what's that? Leverage. 
well, and she's earning money and it's, you know, it's deductible to the company and she needs the money and it's, it's all good business. Right. And good experience for her. Cause now she has product to show, but it was funny. She, the point of the story was not that the point of the story was she came back to me and actually, so that is the point of the story, right? Because I'm walking the talk. She, she knows exactly what I'm doing. That's tax deductible. It's a way to get money to her. I get value for it from the business, blah, blah, blah. And it's a flexible job for her. So she could still have fun for summer. And, you know, because she doesn't have to report into me each day as a boss. Anyway, so, yeah, she got a lot of principles that way. But then the other thing that was funny, she came back to me and she goes, hey, dad, she goes, man, I've been in those testimonial videos and your course sounds pretty interesting. I think I'm going to want to take it sometime. And I was like, oh, wow. OK, so, you know, who cares what dad has to say? But what these other people said about dad is kind of interesting. So does, uh, does she get a special discounted rate for that one, Todd? Yeah, she'll probably get the family, friends and family <laughs> discount on that one. Hey, this is Chris Ducker. Hey, I'm Jill Stanton. Hi, I'm Brandon Block. Hi, this is Perry Marshall. And you are listening to Escape the Rat Race Radio. 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 You're sharing your principles, Todd, and teaching people, you know, how to take control of their own financial future. And, you know, I thank you for doing that. However, so many people, as we've just said, you know, they maybe have never really learn about this at school then they go into a job and they're in the big big wide world and then perhaps their first point of contact is with a financial advisor or retirement planner you know what are some of the problems <laughs> that they might encounter here is there anything that you can uh, you know help our listeners with who maybe are engaged with these people and just taking the information but as as we've said not really taking control of it themselves to understand yeah, I ha- I haven't made any big secret out of my um, discontent for the financial planning profession. On average, I mean, there are exceptions. There's some extraordinarily good financial planners, um, people who do hold their clients' best interests at heart and have true knowledge of how the business works, um, the wealth building business that is. Uh, but by and large, that's not true. And so. Um, the whole reason I got in this business was because when I ran the hedge fund, I was dealing with clients and I saw what was going on with the financial planning side of stuff. And it was atrocious and it's never really resolved itself. Even to this day, there's been some improvement with the only financial planning and there's been some other changes that have helped. But basically the whole reason I built a financial education business was to balance out what was going on in financial planning. So I think, you know, financial planning, here's the thing only do business with people that add more value to life than they cost. If they put more money in your pocket than they cost you, then great. And so take that filter to your financial planner and just see if he's going to add more money than he costs to your portfolio. Um, Most will fail that, you know, and that's unfortunate. And that's one of the reasons I got in this business and why I sell education only, not financial planning or investment products um, is that, you know, I believe that's just a valid thing. You know, you want to add more value to your clients than you cost them. And so when you charge annual percentage of assets under management fees and you have cookie cutter management systems and things like that, which you have to have to run a business like that, um, you know, it's just, it's tough. So uh, did I answer your question? Basically be careful. Um, their, their financial planning as a whole is a sales business, not an investment management. They, they present themselves as investment experts, but in general, they farm out the investment management underneath them because they're busy gathering assets. That's how they get paid is they get paid by the amount of assets they manage as a function of the assets they manage. Um, again, I'm generalizing, right? There's, there's exceptions. Um, so just 
have your eyes wide open. Understand what the business is. It's a sales business. Their job is to gather assets. They are generally, as a whole, not investment experts. Um, and they can be helpful. There's some things they can be helpful with, but be careful. There's a lot of conflicts and biases and um, things that you have to watch out for. So is, is that helpful? Does that get it? Yeah, sure. And, and and linked to that again is also just really looking at, in terms of the costs of, of the people around you, but also the costs of the investments and charges and how much that can eat into your returns, right? Yeah, and I've written on the subject. You can probably find an article on my site to link to where it's not the ob- it's not obvious all the fees you're paying. A lot of the fees are hidden, right? And so you've got to understand all the layers of fees involved in the financial planning profession, both what are overtly shown to you and what are hidden behind the scenes and built into other fee structures. You know, so um, you've really got to become an expert on the fees to realize how much they cost you. I've got a, a video I give away on my site for free. You can link to it. It's called. Um, how how your financial advisor is costing you 75% of your retirement income, dot, 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 or more. In other words, it's actually conservative that they're costing you 75% of your income. And I just go through the really simple math that explains why that's true. And it's shocking to people. They just don't understand how this stuff works. And so when somebody says, you know, your financial advisor is costing you 75% of your retirement income, they're like, oh, that can't be possible, right? I mean, how could that work? And you go through the math and it's obvious. It's simple. And so that's all explained in a free video on the site. Um, again, you just got to understand this stuff and learn and, and educate yourself. Yeah. Well, all, all of these resources that you're uh, referring to, Todd, I'm definitely making sure that these are all going to be available in the show notes for today. So anyone listening now, just check those out, click the links. And um, of course, um, I'm sure you'll share some more information at the end, Todd, of how people can get connected to you. But um, I want to talk about the word debt. So someone who wants to build wealth, but maybe they feel like they've got this ball and chain around their ankle of debt. What, what can you advise or help um, in terms of managing that? So when I teach this stuff, not just this topic, but almost all topics in finance, I teach both the art and the science, right? So the scientific answer to your question would be you either pay off your debt or build wealth to pay on what's going to give you the highest after-tax return. Right. So that's what you focus on is the highest after tax return. That's the science. Not terribly useful. One, because you don't actually have a crystal ball in the future. So you don't actually know what the after tax return on the investment side will be. But you do know the after tax return on the payoff debt side because you know what your debt is costing you. Right. So tough to weigh out out that equation. But that's the science answer that gets you the highest wealth growth. Problem is, it doesn't really work that way. We aren't robots. We aren't. Uh, perfectly rational beings or emotional human beings. And so it varies person to person uh, what the correct answer is. For some people, it really makes sense to pay off the debt because they just feel that debt like such a burden on their shoulders. They can't even think with it. It messes all their decisions. They have to have a clean slate to move forward and accept financial risk and do different things. So for that person, paying off the debt might make sense. For another person, they might not care the least about the debt, right? And so what they feel is they've got to um, they they want to move forward. If they're not moving forward and they're not building assets and they, they're not playing the game offensively, and offensively I don't mean like offense like rude. I mean offensively like offense and defense, right? Paying down debt is defense. Paying building wealth is offense. And so some people they have to be moving on the offensive side of the game in order to be excited by it. And so for that person, you go straight to building wealth because that's what excites them, and you figure out how to build the payoff debt in behind it. And so for people that want more on that, I've got an entire article on the subject that goes through in detail, including all the tax ramifications and everything. It's like excruciating detail. It's called pay off mortgage early or invest. And it's on the site. 
And so that one is just like, it goes through every little detail of the decision process. And it even explains how I've been on both sides at different points in my life. Like I had a house with a mortgage when I didn't have to, I had the assets, but my assets compound faster than the mortgage cost me, right? So I was playing the math equation on that one. Now I'm older, you know, you can tell from the video, I'm an older guy now. And so I prefer to take a knee. So like this house we remodeled that I'm in right now, um, it's an old 1940s house downtown that we re remodeled and fixed up. That one's paid off. Uh, we just paid it free and clear. And so I don't, I just don't want them. I don't want the financial leverage. I don't want the mortgage. And so it's an emotional decision. It's not a rational decision in that case. So I've been on both sides of the fence and I disclose it and explain it and go through the whole detail. Does, is that helpful? Does that explain no, that, it? That's great. And I'm going to link to the article as well. Um, so that'll be very useful for people. And thanks for referencing the fact that we are recording this on video as well, Todd, because I often forget, I know a lot of people are listening kind of through iTunes on the podcast, just through the headphones. But yeah, we've got the video going on today as well. So you can see Todd over in Nevada. I'm here in London. And, uh, you know, the beauty of technology connecting us up here. So on, it's that, amazing. on that note of technology. So here, I'll, I'll throw that. That's another good one is just to be like amazed by things, right? Because it just makes the day more enjoyable. I mean, it's amazing that you're in London right now. Yeah. I'm in Reno. We're talking real time in a conversation. You know, it's just, I mean, the, and it's a video and it's getting recorded and the cost is almost, I mean, it's phenomenal. Yeah. And then right? we're going to have, so that's just, yeah. It makes the day more interesting, right? To just appreciate and be in gratitude over the insanity of that, how cool it is. Yeah. And then, you know, we've got over, you know, listeners in over 145 countries that are going to be checking this out over the next week or so. So it's pretty amazing the spread that, that this can achieve. Yeah. 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 Um, so Todd, another thing that I think a lot of our listeners will be interested in um, is actually how you've built this as an online business over, you know, over recent years. And um, when you started out, you know, did you have any idea that it was going to grow to the level it's at today and the reach that you, you're now achieving? No, I did not. I had no idea at all. Um, it started out, it was just a kind of a weird question I had in my mind is, could I, so when I, when I quote unquote air quote, let's put air quotes around my head here. When I air quoted uh, retired at age 35, which obviously was a long time ago, it was over two decades ago. Um, you know, I was still fascinated by personal finance. I always have been, it's just, I'm a junkie for it, you know, investing personal finance, wealth building. Um, and so I was still reading books on it and studying it, even though I was quote unquote retired. And, and so I was like, well, what am I going to do? And so I, I, I wondered if I could actually help ordinary people create extraordinary financial results. That was like the question that was in my head is, was I just unusual or do the principles that I had learned and applied that I'd figured out back when I decided I wanted to engineer my way to wealth, right? And I did it in 12 years. And I was like, could those principles be applied? And it turned out about three quarters of it could and some of it couldn't. And I was missing a whole bunch of stuff. And I, di I didn't know that until I started coaching people, right? And I started finding all the holes in my teachings because you know, the thing about coaching that's phenomenal is when you're on the when you're on the phone each week with the same person over and over, your stuff either works or they fire you, right? They're not going to get on the on the phone and work with you if they're not producing results and pay the bills. It's it's just not going to happen. And so it's not like with a book where you're an author and you get up on a podium and you lecture and people applaud and and you can walk away and your stuff can stink and nobody really says anything because it all sounds good. With coaching, it has to work. It has to be effective. And so. I started working with it as a, just a boutique coaching practice. That's what's called financial mentor, 
right? I tried to get financial coach. It was already taken. And so it's financial mentor. And that's because, you know, it was going to be just a boutique coaching practice. And then the coaching practice took off and I was oversold and I had, I kept raising the rates, raising the rates. And there was a waiting list and the whole thing, it was a good problem to have, but it got out of control. And then, so I shut it down. I literally just shut the coaching practice down because there's no way for me to leverage it. There's nobody else that can, that has the same knowledge and understanding and background. And so I'm trying to productize Todd, right? So I'm trying to put Todd in a box and the knowledge I developed over the two decades of coaching and the decade of hedge fund investing put in a product form to where it can reach more people at a better price point. And that's where growing the platform really kicked in gear, right? So originally it was just going to be a little, you know, a website for a boutique coaching practice. And then it just expanded from there as the vision for it expanded. Mm, yeah. And, and obviously now creating intellectual property through your courses and books and, and those, you know, generating streams of income, you know, that's uh, just the compound effect, isn't it? And, uh, the reach it's 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 incredible so yeah as, once again thank you for all of the content that you share it really is phenomenal thank you thank you I, tr I try you know it's you know some people really resonate with it and so that's what keeps me going yeah and i know i know for you todd you've set a personal goal of 12 books how many are you currently at so far the seventh one is almost done um so it's it's at just about 50,000 words it needs one more really tightening edit before i can take it to the most difficult part of the whole process which is the content edit because that's when you send it to professional content editors and they come back and they tell you everything you did wrong and it's like you're done with the book and emotionally the baby is born and then the content editor comes back and says your baby is ugly and these are all the problems with it and so it's, it's really a difficult stage, but that's where it's at now is it's basically written. I got to do one more edit myself and then I go through two rounds of content edits and then it all improves from there. Yeah. So that'll be the seventh book. That'll be on risk management. And so the, the titles risk management or investment risk management, and then the subtitle would be how to make more by risking less. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be the companion book to leverage because leverage is about how you make more, right? It's about how to ramp up the return risk management is how you control the risk. And that's what tilts your payoff equation. Those two books are like bookends, if you will, or flip sides of the same coin. And they're how you control the payoff equation in, in expectancy analysis. Mm -hmm. Well, it's clear for everyone listening today that you're certainly a man who knows what he's talking about, Todd. And if people would like to go and check out your website and obviously start downloading some of the resources, I know you've got a whole bunch of calculators there for them. Where do they head to, Todd? So it's financialmentor.com is the website. So two words, financial and then mentor put together, financialmentor.com. And there's a ton of free resources. The only paid stuff is the books and the one course that's available um, that I referred to at the beginning of the interview. Other than that, everything's free. Uh, so there's like 80 financial calculators because wealth is math, as I alluded to earlier, but a lot of people don't like doing the math or they're not comfortable with it. So these calculators online do it for you. Um, so there's 80 financial calculators, all free. And then there's... I don't know, 1,000, 2,000 printed pages of content, all free educational content that you can get. Um, so yeah, just come over and there's a mini course, 52 Weeks to Financial Freedom. So for new subscribers, I give away a, uh, a book called 18 Essential Lessons of a Self-Made Millionaire. And then I also uh, give away a mini course, which is 52 Weeks to Financial Freedom. And no, you won't get rich in 52 weeks. It's just like it's a 52-week process to set the stage for it, you know, to set the foundation for it. And obviously, you know, we're talking to people who are in different countries uh, around the world. Do, do the principles, do the strategies, do they translate, you know, across um, all continents? 
Yeah, I get that question a lot, actually. About 95% of it does for common law countries. Um, you know, the thing that doesn't translate is like, you know, U.S. tax law, um, things like that. And even then, a lot of the U.S. tax law is similar. So, you know, Canadians have an RSP, we have an IRA. You know, I'm not sure what the British have. So, you know, it's, it's 95, 99% translatable. The important stuff is the details might get missed. Um, so, you know, somebody just has to read it with their own twist. I've got people from all over the world in the course, and I've never heard one complaint of it being too U.S. centric. I've tried to be conscious of that. The books are more U.S. centric because that's where the bulk of the sales are. Um, but even then, the principles are universal. Um, so, well, I can vouch for, for the articles and, uh, as I say, the huge amount of, uh, you know, wisdom and knowledge that you share, Todd, is incredible. So thank you again. Thank you for being great guests. But I've got one last question before I let you go, Todd, right. which I always ask my guests. And that is for those people listening right now, they maybe are squashed up on the tube or they're sat in the traffic jam on their way to or from work. And they really know that there's something bigger and better inside of them. They're really, really driven to achieve that financial and personal freedom but something holding them back, there's just something stopping them. And most likely it's fear. <clears throat> but what would you like to say to those people listening right now, Todd? So I think Nike said it, well, just do it. And I know that sounds cheesy, like, oh, it's so cavalier. That's not going to get the guy off the, off the couch. But here's the reality, okay? We're all going to die. Um, some of us sooner than others, right? You know, I'm way older than you. Um, and so you're going to die anyway. So you may as well live the adventure of life, Right. And so, yeah, you've got fears, you know, fear of what people will say, fear of how you're going to screw it up, fear of how you lose, um, fear that you're not good enough, fear that you're not worthy, you know, all these fears, screw it. You know, Um, I had all those fears. I still have a lot of those fears. You just do it anyway. Um, You just start doing it. And over time, you kind of learn that you're actually halfway decently competent. Um, But it comes, I mean, I started out with, I mean, here's, here's a disclosure, the whole reason I built wealth in the first place is because of uh, a lack of self-confidence and, you know, just, I was looking on it, Hey, I'm going to be successful in society's terms and that'll prove how good I am. I was trying to like prove I was worthy. Um, and of course, once I got there, then I realized I didn't prove anything at all. Um, but that's, you know, side note. So, you know, when I say everybody has those fears, me included, I do. Um, you just have to step into it and do it. And the whole reason I can do it is two things. One, it's the adventure of life. I don't want to go to my grave with regrets of, oh, if I'd only tried this, if I'd considered doing this, if I'd gotten off the couch that day when Todd said that crap rather than, you know, continuing to sit there, right? If I'd taken action rather than not, um, I don't want to live with those regrets. And so I'll just go take the action because you're going to work anyway, right? Your life, you're going to spend life working either way. So you may as well work towards what you want to create. And then on top of that, the other thing that allows me to take action is risk management, right? Which is why I'm coming out with that other book. If you're doing careful risk management, then your wealth is just a function of sample size. I mean, once you understand how to set your expectancy, positive expectancy, how to manage risk, you will get the end result. If you play the game aggressively enough and long enough, you will get there. It's a function of sample size. It's just a mathematical truth. And so get going now and start your sample size now. Don't waste any more time. So hopefully that's helpful. That's good. Todd, I've really, really enjoyed speaking with you today. Thanks for being such a great guest on Skate Rat Race Radio. And I look forward to uh, connecting again with you real soon. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it.
Hi, it's Christian here, and I want to invite you to join the Escape the Rat Race membership site completely for free. There's no hidden upsells or monthly subscription fees. You can join with just a name and email address, and inside you'll get access to the following. A free copy of my book, Sack Your Boss, The Ultimate Guide to Escape Your 9 to 5. Over 50 video interviews of me and my guests on Escape the Rat Race Radio, including people such as Seth Godin, Perry Marshall, Rob Moore, and Chris Ducker. And the full video recordings from over 30 of my Escape the Rat Race London meetup events with world-famous speakers covering a whole host of ideas to help you begin your own escape plan. Plus, I'm also going to give you a 25% discount on my brand new 5-Step Freedom Formula online course where I teach you step-by-step the process you need to follow if you're serious about breaking free of your 9-to-5 and starting a business which can give you the freedom to focus on the things in your life which are more important to you. This is a collection of the very best content from Escape the Rat Race that I could possibly pull together, and it's all yours absolutely for free. Just visit www.etrr.online forward slash free membership and start working on your escape plan right now.